All right, welcome today to Roman Survey class number 13. We'll read the whole chapter. We'll read chapter 13 in its entirety, verse number 1 through 14. And this is a great passage of scripture talking about civil powers, local powers, and this gives us a great definition of what a God-ordained power is. Now, sometimes God raises up nations and God gives evil men power to do things on the earth that is a small form of tribulation. Now, there's no doubt there will be a great tribulation at the end of the church period. There will be a great tribulation that will be the persecution of the Antichrist toward the nation of Israel. We understand that. We see that as a great tribulation, but there are minor tribulations. I'll call them minor. They may not be considered minor by the people who are going through them, but God does raise up uh, powers within this evil world to afflict, to persecute, and he does these because of the lives of men and the wickedness of men. A great example with, with that of that would be the power of Babylon uh, and Media Persia over the nation of Israel. When they were serving God in some capacity, they had great power under uh, David and the kings, under the judges before the kings. They had great power over other nations. But when they turned away from God, God raised up ungodly powers. God gave power to ungodly men in order to afflict them as they went astray. But in this passage of Scripture, we see that there are some God-ordained powers. And we also would see uh, not just the fact that people who have power are ordained by God. You could rightly say that the Masons have power or some civic organization has power. You could rightly say that uh, many ungodly nations have power, but this passage of Scripture tells us what a legitimate God-ordained power is in a general sense. In other words, uh, when we get down to verse 3, he's not just saying that people who have power are ordained by God, but he tells you what characteristics that a God-ordained power carry, such as... Rulers are not a terror to good works. So that is uh, very important, and we'll cover that as we go through. And we'll cover it in more detail in our Romans class uh, that we're uh, putting together in a separate uh, course of study. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Romans 13, verse 1. For there is no power but of God. The powers that, are, the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Now a legitimate God-ordained power is not a terror to good works, they're a terror to evil. And it says in the last part of verse 3 that they will praise the good. Do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same. Uh, the same is the rulers. You'll have praise of the rulers. So rulers that, that praise evil men and persecute good men 
are not legitimate powers. They may have been raised up by God to punish or to persecute, and they could punish and persecute evil men uh, by inconvenient laws, inconvenient foolishness of all sort that would be, uh, you know, just as Romans chapter 1 says that individuals turn their back on God and God turns them over to a darkened mind so that they would do things that are not convenient, so too in nations. When great collectives of individuals do that which is evil and that which is wrong, God will raise up men uh, to be in power over them who make inconvenient laws and do things that are not uh, advantageous to the people that they rule over. And so that's very clear here from the passage of Scripture. Now, contrary to that, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so if you get, get some men, even though they're imperfect men, even though they're fallible men, men who set their hearts and minds on God or even to the point where they're, they're they may not be super spiritual people but if they give glory to God and credit to God and honor to God and honor his word in some way shape or form uh, then the the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty God uh, even a lost man as we see in the book of Acts who has some semblance of respect and belief in God, God will send that man the liberating gospel. Uh, not only liberating to the soul, not only liberating uh, in the spiritual sense, but also in the physical sense. So, for the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. Now, this is still the ruler that we're talking about. This verse of Scripture often gets applied to police officers which uh, the police officer is not bearing the sword. The police officer is the sword. Uh, local magistrates are the sword. The one bearing the sword is still the ruler who gives the direction, who gives the charge. And so uh, be, very, uh, be very mindful of that. And so you find yourself maybe in a situation where, where the rulers of a place are abusive or an oppressive the thing is not necessarily a, uh, going to have a political solution, but a spiritual solution. Begin to do right. Begin to repent. Begin to call on the name of God, and God will send a deliverer. God will descend. Uh, God will send deliverance, and so that is a great truth found throughout the whole Bible. Uh, verse number five. Wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. 
And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. True love, you're not going to be hurting your neighbor. You're not going to be taking advantage of your neighbor. You're going to be, love provides an advantage to your neighbor. So you can't possibly break the law uh, in regards to your neighbor if you love your neighbor. Not possible that you could go against God uh, if if you're following God a uh, mindset of love towards your neighbors. Verse 11, And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Now there is more to say about verse 8, 9, and 10, but we'll cover that in our Romans class. There's a lot more to be said about that. Verse number 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof.